While apartment construction appears to be decreasing in downtown San Diego, that doesn't mean the market is slowing. Much of 2020's apartment construction will be in neighborhoods outside of downtown San Diego, which has made the lion's share of new rentals in the past few years. It's moving into North Park, Hillcrest, Pacific Beach, and throughout the county. Overall, about 3,500 new apartments will open this year. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Phil Molnar, you cover real estate for the Union-Tribune. And recently, you have a story about how things are kind of changing with the apartment market in San Diego. What's going on? Well, it looks like we're building about the same number of apartments this year as we did last year, roughly, maybe a little bit lower. Now, the interesting thing about that is if you work downtown or you've been around here, you've seen maybe the construction slow down a little bit downtown. Mm -hmm. So there's not as many downtown projects. The interesting thing is a lot of that production is moving into San Diego County neighborhoods. A little bit is in other cities, such as Chula Vista. But the big change this year is that there is a ton of these little projects, like 20 to 50 unit apartment buildings, just popping up all over, like around North Park, Hillcrest, just into all the different neighborhoods, which is actually, it's not just sort of there's more apartments coming out, but a lot of where these apartments are going are actually moving into neighborhoods where there was a lot of single family homes. So it's making different neighborhoods in San Diego County become more dense. Yeah, it's kind of like a a slow density in a way in which it's happening, but in a way that perhaps uh, NIMBYs are more okay with. Yeah, exactly. So there is one project I went to called Kansas Modern on Kansas Street in North Park, very close to the Vons, if you're familiar with that, over by 30th Street. And what happened there was the company that's making that actually bought three lots that had three single-family homes on it, mm-hmm. and they actually tore those down, and they're building an apartment building. Yeah. And the apartment building is going to have 21 units. So I'm kind of thinking they were smaller homes, so maybe let's say you could fit maybe two people in each one of those homes. So yeah. we went from like six residences to 21. It's not a huge jump. I guess if you're trying to build, if you're, say if you're Singapore or something where they're, they do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. If you see this plot of land, you want to maximize it to the extreme level. So if we were in sort of that mindset in San Diego, those three single-family homes would have become a tower that could fit 50 people at least. Yeah. But So it is kind of on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be enough to – people will still freak out when they see it. But at the same time, I don't think it's like this extreme – where all of a sudden you're going to have this horrible traffic jam just on Kansas Street because of this project. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the forces that kind of caused going from we're building these big residential towers downtown to these smaller projects in you know more of the, the neighborhoods rather than the urban center? What was the shift? Well, the biggest thing just from looking at it like on a map-wise is the number of available lots downtown is starting to shrink to an extent. For the past few years, East Village has really been the epicenter of new home building in San Diego County. Mm -hmm. Even this year, it probably still is with current projects coming out and a lot of other things they have planned there. And, you know, East Village was sort of a more run-down area of town, still is, some might argue. But basically, developers were able to get this land for relatively cheap. 
the city and especially the downtown planning agency was super gung-ho about getting more density, more apartments that they could fit in anywhere. And East Village was like the place to do it. You mm-hmm. just watch like it's practically a little city popped up in East Village of skyscrapers. Just just in the past few years, it's yeah, remarkable. Like maybe four years. Yeah, it's nuts. So, I guess what I'm hearing a lot of times why the why there's a down slow down downtown and all that stuff. The the best thing I can do is really just talk to developers themselves, and to be totally honest, sometimes they have their own agenda. Yeah. You know, a lot of what I hear is like, oh well, labor costs are so high, and the regulations the city has placed on us are so high that we can't make this pencil out. Now, they could, I mean, I, I don't think they're lying to me in a sense when they say that, but, you know, I, not exactly opening up their spreadsheets to show me exactly, but at least just one of the things that I keep hearing over and over, and it's not just from developers, it is from analysts, but it's increasingly hard for developers to earn a profit they're comfortable with on some of those big downtown towers. Yeah, and those are big gambles, too. Yeah, you know, there is, not only is there, you know, okay, say so you get it, like even a few years ago, if you remember, um, Donald Trump had started the Trump administration had started sort of a war with Canada over steel. Yeah, the trade wars. Yeah, and so the price of steel like shot way up for like a six month period and went back down. But it just so happened during like that six month period, there was a ton of projects going on downtown. Mm-hmm. So that was adding millions of dollars to some of these towers we see right now. And I did have a developer, Nat Bosa, tell me on one of his projects that it at least increased the cost $1 million. Yeah. So just those changes where you're building. And of course, we hear a lot about labor shortages, you know. So if there's enough workers, it could delay the project. Or I think, was it like last year was one of the rainiest winters on record for san diego county so that can delay but you know and then okay so we get through all that business but if we take it back the effort to get a project approved can sometimes drag on really long and there's a lot of lost cost in that and sometimes it might not pay off if it isn't approved Mm -hmm. makes sense and uh, do we have a sense of uh, what the vacancy rate is like on these newer towers that have gone up in East Village and other parts in downtown because that appears to be the kind of first criticism you hear is that, oh, we built these apartments, but no one is willing to rent them. Yeah, you know, that's that's a lot what I thought when I first started reporting, but I've been, you know, okay. So like Little Italy, mm-hmm. they built a new apartment tower and it is filled like that. It is so, it blows my mind, but there are people on like waiting lists to get into Little Italy. People really want to live in that neighborhood, even if it's a, a project without a car, which we've seen, mm-hmm. uh, parking spot, excuse me. So Little Italy vacancy rate is still really low. And that's where a lot of the other building, East Village is a different story. That one right there is somewhere around uh, 24% vacancy rate, which mm-hmm. I just saw. Now, you might say to yourself, oh boy, 24% vacancy, you know, a quarter, that must be horrible. But if you look at, you know, some other market like Cleveland or Portland, not Portland, yeah. but Cleveland, let's say uh, my hometown in Detroit, if you have a 24% vacancy rate for a real estate developer there, it'd be like, whoa, we're killing it right now. So it's kind of a perspective thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the weird thing about those East Village Towers is, Whenever I go on a tour there and I see how amazing they are, the amenities, some of it just blows my mind. And I've, I've detailed them a lot over articles, just 
the amazing features, huge gyms, saltwater pools, hot tubs, views looking out towards Coronado, the Coronado Bridge and San Diego Bay. And I always think, well, good luck filling this thing. We're going to be writing about it someday, but they always still seem to fill up. Mm-hmm. And there are other factors that go into that. A lot of uh, apartment owners have turned towards corporate housing, which is sort of like there's a few floors rented to a business. Yeah. And they get to fill that. That's not large scale. Um, on, a, on a smaller scale, even though the developers are doing their best to stop it, there are individual people. And I've written about this and we've seen it that rent apartments, even in East Village, and then go on Airbnb and mm-hmm. rent it out. So you're paid. It, it's pretty clever, but maybe a little risky. But it's it makes I can't hate them for it. Makes financial sense. Like renting an apartment in East Village for fifteen hundred a month, but then charging I don't know like a hundred dollars a night for an Airbnb. Like you could probably you know make a pretty good profit. I guess mm-hmm. it makes sense. And I guess what that kind of underlying fact means is that there are enough jobs that pay well enough that people can afford these rents, which are above the median for those newer developments, right? Right. So one of the things fueling all of this new apartment growth is increasing rents, which are only made capable by increasing wages here in San Diego County. Mm -hmm. Wages aren't going up nearly at the rate that these rent rates are going up. In a lot of cases, at least if I go back five, six years, if you look at the overall wage growth compared. But, however, when you look at how much rent went up in the last year, it's somewhere around 3%. So, you know, it's not apples to apples, but at least wages are picking up a little bit more and maybe able to handle that. But, I mean, if, if people couldn't afford these prices, then I think these towers would stop being built, and they really aren't. Um, even though, like I said before, downtown development's kind of been a little bit slower this year, we're looking at some pretty huge projects that are opening up in 2020, uh, excuse me, 2021, uh, including the Broadway block building near, um, it's on Broadway and it's going to have more than 600 units, the tallest residential tower in San Diego history. So, wow. yeah, we've got some big stuff coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it does seem like there was just this massive push to just transform downtown and East Village into kind of an urban center where people actually lived and worked downtown, and we're finally getting closer to the end of that road. Yeah, I think so. I think the dream of East Village developers is that they would have a lot of mixed use, or or city planners, excuse me, they would have a lot of mixed use projects in East Village so that people could technically work there and live there and it would be a real community. That's the hope and the dream for East Village. However, I still think, just from what I've heard and seen, is a lot of people are still leaving East Village every day to go to work. Mm -hmm. And we could see that in a lot of different places throughout the county. Um, Chula Vista, Otay Ranch, they're building a lot of, they actually started to build a lot more multifamily down there. It's traditionally been a place where you could buy an affordable single family home, but they're getting more dense and they're adding these apartments. And the original plan for, say, Otay Ranch, that planning area was we're going to have people live and work. There's going to be a university. But in practice, everyone in Otay Ranch, for the most part, wakes up 9 a.m. and heads downtown. Yep. You know, so it's, a bedroom community. <laughs> it's like it's this weird it's this weird dynamic. And that happens in little pockets all over the county. The majority of work is still in the city of San Diego. 
And that's where the majority of people are kind of heading every day. Mm -hmm. So that's what we still have going on. And also, when you were speaking earlier about what's going on kind of the neighborhood level outside of the kind of urban downtown core, is there any uh, neighborhoods within San Diego that are kind of anti this new development or are things kind of smooth across the city? We do see a lot of complaints about it, um, especially... If there's any component of the project that like requires or they're requesting a liquor license in particular, that seems to be a real lightning rod for community members to stand up and fight against projects. Mm-hmm. They, they will fight against it no matter what. But I've kind of noticed in especially where, where people will complain about projects is if you're building something in North Park, University Heights, Hillcrest... It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of homeowners that show up at council meetings or planning meetings to, you know, chain themselves to a tree and say mm-hmm. you can't build here. Um, you, you seem to get that a lot more in some other bedroom communities further away from downtown. I, I think it could be a mix of different things, but mainly those North Park, South Park, not South Park, South Park's a different story, North Park, Hillcrest, University Heights. That sort of younger people mm-hmm. um, trying to make their way in the community and just renting, sometimes in some cases a real dive apartment, just trying to scrape together enough money to get by. And I don't think it's their priority to go to a council meeting and say, oh, man, I can't believe this traffic. Yeah. Those far- are the people that are like, let's build a tower. Yeah. It could be funny because I hear a lot of on a, on a San Diego Union Tribune story, if I write about a new project in um, Hillcrest or Golden Hill or something, I'll see a ton of comments that are like, this is ridiculous. We can't handle the traffic. There's nowhere to park. And Facebook page, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to the planning committee meeting where, and I put it all on paper. The meeting will be held Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, here we go. Here comes a, I, I warned my editor, this is going to be a long one. And then like the only member of the public is technically me. And I'm working, I mean, but I am a member of the public and there's nobody there. So, you know, people might are pretty good about complaining about new projects sometimes on the Internet in those communities. But you don't see them a lot at council meetings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess finally, um, what's your forecast for the apartment market and I suppose also rents for 2020? So uh, a lot of the forecasts I've read and I've talked to a lot of experts, especially for the story, and I didn't actually include them all in the story because I got too too busy, but the, the theory right now, I haven't seen anybody really challenging it. It's almost like a consensus is that home ownership has become so out of reach for San Diegans mm-hmm. that they will be essentially forced to rent. And because of that, the rental outlook is quite good for developers, investors of that nature. Our median home price last month nearly hit 600000 which is uh, extremely high based on the wages that we earn here. So, mm-hmm. And our home ownership rate continues to drop here. So there aren't a lot of options for new people moving to the city or, heck, ones that have been here 10, 20 years to get into a new home because it's going up so much. So it's funny, it seems cold, but I'll read these like industrial reports that are kind of sent out to developers, investors, and it's just in, in very stark terms. Um, it'll just lay it out. In San Diego County, most people can't afford to buy a home. This means rental profits will be good. Mm-hmm. These are the markets that are hot right now. 
this is where availability is and it's just it's just dollars and cents just laid out there for you so yeah i mean it is what it is until prices become more affordable it's just the market yeah yeah that's what's going on i mean i definitely there has been a slowdown in rent price increases the past couple of years a few years ago you might see rents up nearly 7% or at least 5% a year and now we're seeing 3% down to about like 2.5% rent increases so it has slowed though so that's nice mhm but uh, is there a sense that how far are we from every, anyone who wants an apartment can find one like how's that part of the market looking right now well, CoStar, which is a real estate tracking agency that does a very good job of keeping track of how many new apartments are coming out and whatnot, they have a forecast for rent price increases uh, going to 2024. And uh, they are going to keep going up until 2024, according to CoStar. Although those rent price increases are uh, they're not always 2% a year. They're sometimes around 1% or like mm-hmm. 0.7% was less. So as far as everyone that wants an apartment getting one, um, yeah, we're still really far off from that. I still think the best bet for a lot of people is to move into those neighborhoods like Golden Hill, Hillcrest, you know, or if you have a car, uh, move out further to Santee or mm-hmm. Chula Vista. Those are the options, uh, I guess, to save a buck because – like those downtown developments that we're talking about, they might be low vacancy in East Village and they're throwing two months free rent at you and all that kind of stuff. But when you break down the numbers, you're still spending more than half your income on rent. So mm-hmm. it's it's a tough go out there for a yeah. lot of people. Unless you're nearing six figures, those you know apartments aren't really worth it. Yes, exactly. If you have six figures, you don't want to own and uh, money is no object. Go oh, for it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the saltwater pool will, you know, whatever, yeah. help you uh, do better at work, I guess. Yeah, have fun looking down at all of us uh, from <laughs> your know. high tower. I know. Just sick and coffee and wandering the streets of downtown San Diego, you know, wondering how we're going to make rent next month. So, yeah. All right. Phil Molnar, thank you so much. Thank you. In other news, the San Diego Tourism Authority has hired a new CEO from Philadelphia to replace Joe Tercy. Julie Corker is the chief executive of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau, and like her predecessor, she has had a long tenure in the hotel industry. She worked at the Hyatt Hotels for 21 years and has worked in Philadelphia since 2010. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Our creative director is Beto Alvarez, and our digital editor is Ricky Young. Special thanks to Enterprise Editor Mark Platt for editing help this week. This podcast comes together with support from our creative studio and reporters throughout the newsroom. Please rate us and review us on your favorite podcast app and support our journalism by signing up for our print and digital products at uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.